Welcome to the Buy to Let Property Podcast from Lifestyle Property People. My name is Shiv Haria and today I'm joined by a friend and fellow investor, Hugh Davies, who runs a YouTube and Instagram account aimed at simplifying finance topics for ordinary people. Creating financial security for your future is so important, now more than ever, but it's often something that many people put off until it's too late. As an advocate for investing and creating financial security, it was really great to be able to sit down with Hugh and discuss our own journeys, as well as sharing some great advice on what you can do to achieve financial security. Enjoy. Thank, first of all, thank you very much for uh, agreeing to be on this um, uh, podcast and on this video. I think it's going to be really valuable to people. For those who don't know, the listeners of, of this um, station, what it, uh, I've been following you, uh, Hugh for some time. I've got some groups that I'm in, in common with uh, Hugh. And Hugh has exploded very recently uh, in the realm of kind of personal finances and understanding how to sort yourselves out when it comes to finances. Um, Hugh, do you want to um, introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about what you do, what businesses you have, et cetera, and then we'll con- continue the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So my name's Hugh. I became financially independent in 2016. Um, I did that through uh, basically investing in um, stocks, which I started around a decade ago. Uh, my goal was very simple, live as cheaply as possible, spend as little as possible, use all the leftover, whack it into stocks, live on the dividends, job done. My goal was starting at 30 to retire by the time I'm 40. Uh, and I realized very quickly that there's only so much you can do when it comes to living frugally. So I really pushed the boat out and I was able to live on less than 10 grand a year whilst I was holding down a mortgage. So that's one of like the key figures I share because this is from someone that didn't live like that at all. I didn't think it was possible or that I wanted to live like that. But mm. I just I made it into a bit of a game to see what was possible. And I really actually embraced it and enjoyed that process. However, I was stuck in a mindset and I see many other people like it that are just stuck on keeping expenses low, don't spend money. Mm. And, I, and I knew that when it came to business, if I was able to earn two, three, four times more, I'd just be able to invest all of that. So should I not just focus in there? Because that's limitless. Whilst I could live on 800 quid a month comfortably, but 700 quid was, a that was just tough. I, could, I couldn't basically spend any money. So that was it. I'm going to go into business and see what I can do. And tried a few things. And one of the things that stuck for me back in 2015 was publishing books online and um, went on a course, experimented with it. And within seven months, uh, I quit my job, quit my nine to five. It was covering my living expenses. I had dividends coming in on the side and I had a safety net, which is all important. By the way, like what I did was reckless. I wouldn't recommend it in (laughs) any way, but um, I had some peace of mind because I had money coming in from dividends. I had this strategy that was working. Um, I The biggest thing holding me back was my job. So I then had 40 hours a week free to attack this yeah. thing. I was already just covering my living expenses. So and my, and my um, boss and my boss's boss both said, you are welcome back anytime. So I had a bit of yeah. safety. Net. Safety so thought, net, yeah. Let's just see what I can do. So... Um, I expanded that business. Uh, I've been doing that since 2015, which is, it's just a very lucrative part-time job. I've been so grateful for it. That's enabled me to go into property more recently. In 2019, I started learning about property. 2020, I pulled the trigger. Um, I think it was actually end of 21. Technically, we got our first uh, property deal over the line. Um, Mm. And uh, yeah, so I've been in property for a couple of years. And that's specifically commercial developments into flats, commercial to resi. And more recently, I've decided to try follow my passion, really, and try and help other people become financially independent and um, help people live on less, earn more, invest the difference, 
and have the freedom to kind of do what they want. Yeah, amazing. Uh, so you mentioned twice in that um, uh, little speech there about financial independence, right? So first of all, like everyone's a dummy. What's financial independence? Why are we talking about it? Why is it important? So financial independence for me is about having investment income that covers your living expenses. So my strategy being, if I could live as cheaply as possible, I don't need as much income, as much investment, that, yeah. meaning I could get there quicker. Why yeah. does it matter? Well, you know, I'm writing a video about this, Shiv, and at the moment, my 20s, I was just like infuriated. I had all of this passion and energy to dive into something, and I just had no clue what to do. Like, I felt mm-hmm. lost with a career. And I can talk about a decade now of just going around the houses and having quite an average job from a salary perspective, knowing that I'm capable of more and not really seeing it on the other end. And mm. financial independence, when I learned about it, really gave me hope. It was like a revelation because, well, it doesn't matter what I do. Like, if I become financially independent, I could do anything. I could, like, do jujitsu full time. I could travel the world. I could work, you know, contribute, work for charities. I could do whatever. So, do, do, do things that make money market. or don't make money, isn't it? Do both of those things. Whatever you wanted to do, whether it made money or didn't make money, you could do everything. You do. It, it didn't matter. So that freedom of choice just gave me something to go after. And actually, there was the ego side of it as well, because I thought I, I felt like I was capable of something special. And yet my life hadn't, you know, shown that I, I had a good life from the outside perspective. But in my I didn't think I was doing anything particularly special. But I thought by retiring by the time I'm 40. Now, that's something I can hang my hat on. I could be really proud of that. because not many people that can do it. So that mm. was the, it just gave I, I had a way to channel my energy and Actually, although my circumstances didn't really change at work for the preceding kind of two to three years, um, it changed everything because I had, mm. I had this thing I was working in the background. I became way better at my job. I had this like freedom and calm confidence uh, and reassurance like it was heading somewhere rather than am I just stuck here on the corporate ladder for 30 years. So financial independence is about covering your living expenses so you can fundamentally do whatever it is you want to do. And I think it's not about becoming a millionaire, multimillionaire, super rich. It's about hitting that point. Now, that could be living on a thousand pounds a month like I was back in the day. I don't live on that now. Um, Or it can mean, you know, if you've got quite a lucrative lifestyle spending five to 10K a month, it's about covering that. It's whatever it is that you you know want it to be. But I help people keep their expenses low, intact, expand their income and then invest the difference. And when we say we're talking about investing the difference and we're talking about investing in general, like why are we investing it? So, for example, on one hand, we can keep our expenses low. We can earn lots of money. Why bother to invest the rest of the money? Why not just chuck it in a savings account? Let us pay us, you know, 4% returns or 2% returns or whatever we're going to get. It doesn't matter. The point is the money is there, isn't it? It's where I can see it. There's no risk associated with it. How dare you, Shiv? (laughs) Well, you put it in cash. Look, each to their own, right? And at the moment, you might be able to get like 3% easy access. Yeah. Um, what's inflation at, at the moment? 10.5%. Yeah, so you're, you're, you're not getting 3%. You know, if, if you're looking <laughs> you're losing at 7%, seven. Yeah. you're losing 7% a month. So yeah. there's nothing wrong with having a cash buffer. And if you're in the business like we are a property, actually having, you know, lump sums of six figures is really handy, especially if you're in a down market, so you can capitalize on that. Mm. So for a long-term wealth strategy, cash Fully cash is a poor strategy, but having somewhere between 10 to 25% of your money in cash at all times to pounce on opportunities, I think is a great strategy. So rather than accepting what is now 
quite a good rate at 3% because it's come up a lot from that. It was yeah. one for a number of years. Zero, zero for a number of years, yeah. 0.5, exactly, right? So, um, you know, it's got a lot better than what it was. Inflation is still high, so you're still technically losing money. Well, the idea with stocks and shares when I first started was, you know, you can get around a 9% return if you're looking, uh, investing in like a global index tracker. If you took out the average inflation, which is more like 2 to 3%, yeah. then you still, you know, you still got a good return of like 6 to 7% over time um, mm. off the back of inflation. Property, on the other hand, um, you could get returns of 2, 3, 4, infinite times more, depending on what type of property deals that you do. But there's way more work involved. So when it comes to investing, the principle is about beating inflation. And the way in which you do that comes down to your goals and your circumstances. Stocks and shares, it's passive, it's easy, it's quick. I could teach anyone to do it in an hour and they've basically got 80% of the way there. Yeah. Property can take months, years learning about it, but the the potential learning outcome is way bigger. Um, so it's like a risk and reward. And, and it's not one of those binary things like, oh, which one do I go for? Yeah. Play both. You know, pl play both. And that's what I try to do. Uh, and actually, it's really interesting that you say play both, right? Because a lot of people don't, uh, they they look at me and they say, oh, this guy's in property. He must be selling only property stuff and telling everyone else that everything else is rubbish. You know, cryptocurrency, he's not doing that because he thinks that's rubbish. Stock market, God, he's not doing that. Um, but hopefully we'll be in the same boat that I do a little bit of everything. And the reason why I do a little bit of everything oh. is because we don't, we can't read the future. We might as well, like you said, it's not binary that some things are good over here, some things are good over here. And we just don't know what it's going to play out like. So we might as well diversify and put our stuff in in many baskets would you agree oh well 100 like it you know the what i love about stocks which is that it's easy i've got it on autopilot direct debit goes straight in mm. it's taken care of. i don't even have to think about it so it takes up zero time and yet it brings me dividends in and brings me capital appreciation over time i don't need that money i don't use that money so if there is a crash and it drops 30 or even 60 percent then i'll wait you know mm. I, I don't need that money now because i have a business and i have property uh, you know, I have a couple of businesses, so I, I, I'm not leaning on that. And yet, when it comes to property, property isn't easy. Like, you know this. Like, oh, yeah. everyone kind of talks about the numbers and you're like, oh, well, it's just a no-brainer to do property, right? Like, I needed to do this years ago. And you start yeah. learning. There is a lot to this. There's a lot of risk. There's a huge amount of learning, negotiation, time, legals, regulations. You know, it's – and then the costs start coming in. And then, you know, tenants don't pay or there's things that arise. So it's like – it's that isn't easy like it, yeah. you can have far more in property than you can in stocks and it's just about trying to assess like what's right for you and you know what me or you or anyone else can sit here and say how great stocks are or how bad they are or how good or bad property is but until you've got the monkey off your back and you've gotten some exposure to them you'll then start to learn yourself what what works for you and of course as your means change over time so will your risk appetite so yeah. will your appetite to actually get involved with stuff. So property might be really, you know, something that draws you in in your 20s. But by the time you're late 30s, 40s, you're like, you know what? I've had enough of tenants. Like, actually, I just want to park this in stocks and shares so I can just get on with my life because the return is more than enough in there. So yeah. um, I think it's about risk uh, risk tolerance. It's about the um, diversification and ensuring you're not like all in and overly leveraging property or all in on stocks um, and uh, just seeing what kind of suits you. And there's also a, an important factor, like I think people don't talk about, it. it's like, it's enjoyment. Like, do you, yeah. do you enjoy investing? And, I, and I'm like, I, I do. Like, I like I like having my fingers in pies. I, I invest in whiskey as well. Like I've got some uh, bottles, like the 32-year-old, 25-year-old, um, like limited edition, which go up over time. You know, 
is that a money play? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going up in it, but I'm not really, I haven't sold any. And yeah. it's just, I like whiskey. It was just something fun to do. So, like, why not? Actually, and um, um, just going back a couple of steps, we talk about financial independence. And other words for financial independence would also be, for example, financial security and financial freedom. These are the two words that I hear a lot in, in the clients that I speak to. Do you have any dis, um, definition or any dis, discrepancy between these two terms? What's the difference between financial security and financial freedom? Have you got any uh, ways of describing the two? Or are they yeah, the same I hear the same thing. I think it depends on who you ask. I think like Tony Robbins has got his own, like, I think he actually uses security and like, so in a word, no, I, I kind of, I banned it all together. I think what you may hear other people say is that financial security is like your bare bones. So mm. if you've got your insurance, your tax, your bills, like financial security covers all your, your mainstay stuff whilst your holidays your spending money and stuff like that would be more towards financial freedom or financial independence um, yeah i think people can get a little bogged down in all of that stuff i don't worry about it too much i think to start with like i had all my bills covered out and i was just trying to cover one with my investment income so yeah. sky yeah. would cost me 50 quid a month and i was looking to cover oh, okay now sky's covered now i look to cover something else my you know broadband or whatever it is and, and yeah. ship away that way but um i think some people are, are very particular about those levels i'm not and, and i suppose but i suppose that what you're saying there is it makes sense for if you have no investments or few investments or you don't understand investments to start with trying to get to financial security because it's a more achievable target it's looking at your basic bills before you then once you've hit financial security you're like i can cover my you know gas electric water council tax mortgage for example great that's done now I can start looking at financial freedom. And I know a lot of people, when I speak to them, they come to me and they talk to me about, we want to invest for financial security. Fewer people say financial freedom. And the people that say financial freedom are the people that already have, they already feel like they have financial security. Whether they actually have or not is different. Because when I say feel, I mean, um, because they have a job and it pays them every month, they're like, that's yeah, cool. I, I cover all my expenses anyway. I don't need financial security. I've got financial security. Um, obviously, then we start talking about, well, what happens if you lose your job? But then wouldn't, wouldn't people then say here as well, I'm, I'm sort of uh, working through things in my head whilst I'm talking to you, but wouldn't people say, well, what happens if you lose your property? What if you lose your property? Yeah, because people say, oh, what, what if you lose your job? That's why your job your job isn't secure. You could lose it any time. All right, therefore, you don't have financial security. You say, well, no, it's fine. I've got property that gives me the income of my job, for example. But then you say, well, if you lose your property, what happens when um, you know tenants don't pay rent or whatever it might be? How, did, how does that affect your financial security? Um, I suppose it depends on how reliable you are on that specific uh, form of income. So uh -huh, if you yeah. reach financial independence solely by property income mm -hmm. and you earn, let's say, for example, two grand a month and you're living on two grand a month, then you, you know, you've only just touched the tip, right? You've only just crossed over. So any yeah. one tenant that doesn't pay, you're now technically not covered. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's very prudent to put yourself in a position where you need to just cover yourself in one investment line. You know, like I said, the, the investment income that I have from stocks as well as property, I don't take any of that. I live on my business income, which pays far more than I need to live on anyway. And that's all outsourced. I have an executive running that. I just do a few hours a week. So that covers me. That covers everything anyway. And I've got these streams that are just boosting up. You're building you know, your wealth almost. They're, they're, these, are, these are building yeah. your wealth. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm building my wealth, giving me more options. There's more things I can do. I can buy back my time, freeing me up to go after my passion project, which is YouTube, uh, which at the moment doesn't pay me. It's a business. 
Yeah. It pays me nothing. I, I like it costs me every month because I'm trying to build, I've got people doing um tasks for me at the moment. And the income I'm getting in turn is very low as I'm still trying to grow. So um yeah, I I think that it could happen if you were fully reliant on, for example, on property or just stocks, because you can have your dividend cut, you can have market crashes. So the way to avoid that is not to put yourself in a situation where you're solely run that income month to month. At the very least, when you hit that tip, it's about like I would suggest going for at least a year in cash then as yeah. an emergency fund or as like a runway going into it. For some people, it might even be as much as two. It really depends. And I would still be seeking, you know, some form of income from somewhere, even if it's a yeah. part of job doing gardening, something you love that's a hobby. Yeah. You just rely solely on an investment. I don't think that's the way to live either. You know, life yeah. is just rich. There's, there's so much that we can do. Like, why not just do consulting on something and, you know, pay yourself a high ticket, but charge yourself, you know, a high rate, but, you know, and you just do a few hours. But um, yeah, so I, I, I wouldn't recommend anyone go down that path just in case that that were to happen. I think the, the way that I tackle that uh, challenge is I say, OK, well, let me go past that point. So let's say for in your example, £2,000 was what I needed to uh, earn. And I've now made £2,000 to cover all my expenses. I say, well, great, let's let's get to two and a half thousand. If I get to two and a half thousand and now £500 worth of tenants don't pay this month, I'm still good. I don't really good. mind. I don't really care. Also, if a tenant moves out and there's a void period or, if you know, there's a work through the property, there's, you know, something gets a bit more expensive, the gas, the electric, whatever, I'm still good and I'm still covered. And of course, this is like on one um, asset class on property. So maybe that I have, you know, instead of having four properties, I actually go and get five properties because now I have one spare. If I could do the same thing on, you know, my other asset classes, whether it's the stock market, whether it's the crypto market, whether it's, you know, just having money in cash or whatever it might be, then I always have this kind of buffer across the entire piece. And then on top of that, like you said, also underneath that, pinning, underpinning all that, you have, um, you know, what um, I refer to as the emergency fund, the, the money that's in the bank, that it's always there. It doesn't matter what happens. It just gives me breathing space. If the market changes tomorrow and I need some breathing space, I've got, whether it's six months or a year, as you call it, um, in the bank, that covers all my expenses. And I don't need to change my life for six more months. And in six months time, I will run out of money, so I need to do something. But it gives me that breathing space to, to react yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a great point. One of my friends, actually, when, we're, when I was fairly new into investing, I've been investing for a few years at that point, and he, he was way ahead of me. And uh, we're talking like millionaire status. And and um, he said he had a figure, which he said was around 500K. And he, and his, he had a, a timeline to hit that. I think it was by the time he was 50. And he did it comfortably before that point. And then he said, so when I hit it, like a lot of people were in the finance in the fire community, which is financial yeah. independence, retire early. When they hit that number, then they're done. Then they just travel the world or do whatever they want. And for him, he loved investing so much. He was he just thought, why would I stop? Why would I stop? Yeah. I so enjoyed getting to this point. I'm not just gonna no longer invest. I'm just gonna keep going and keep growing it. And so when he said to that, uh, that to me, because I was obviously miles away and wishing to be in his position, uh, that made total sense. And I found very much the same to be true and like you just explained there it just it builds up more of a buffer it gives you more options uh you never know what's around the corner um and uh i enjoy it the, the, the other way of building that buffer actually so one is by getting five properties instead of four properties for example another way of doing it is by saying as you said earlier at the beginning of this conversation let's just live on a bit of a bit less now i'm not saying live on 800 pounds or a thousand pounds but i'm saying you know if you're the kind of person that spends six grand a, a month well spend five grand a month 
And now you have the income that's coming in for six grand a month, but you're only spending five. So now you're building that buffer that way as well. So there's, there's two ways, isn't it? In fact, like, like you said at the beginning of this conversation, you can reduce your expenses or you increase your income, one or the other. And that's the way to, to create it. The, the next thing I want to talk to you about here is um, when we talk about, um, we talked about earlier that, you know, it's not a binary choice between stocks and shares and the property market. You know, there's pros and cons. There's loads of things that we need to consider, um, as well as the pros and cons about, you know, ourselves, our circumstances, how much money we have, et cetera, what other investments we have. But here's a question that I get asked often, right? Let's say I have 50 grand and I go, well, do I do stock or do I do property? Now, of course, the answer is, well, I could do both, right? But <laughs> I probably can't because, well, with stocks, I could do it with a quid or three quid. But with, with property, I probably need a lump sum of 50 grand just to get started. So the, one on one hand, we go, let's do property and then hopefully it will grow in value over the next 10 years. On the other hand, we say, well, property is going to be too much. This way I can diversify in stocks. What's your opinion on that? So you're talking from someone now that has nothing. Is yeah, right? wait, exactly. Have, have no investments, have a job. Um, and they now have a buffer of 50 grand or whatever it might be. Uh, well, let's say 50, because 50 is a good number. And, you know, that's kind of like the price of one property. Let's say. So you've got 50 grand. Um, you can either do one property or you can do stocks, but you cannot do both because a property costs 50 grand. Yeah. I mean, for me, for me if you're going from a position where you're, you know, you're looking to become financially independent, you're starting from scratch you can't compete with property, like stocks can't compete with it. So if you want an easier life, you could sign up to stocks like I did initially. Yeah. If I went back in time, what would I do? I wouldn't have put it all into stocks. It just took, it's the long, slow, passive, easy route. So it's very easy, but you're going to pay for it in time. There's a cost to all of this. Or yeah. if you want to get there quicker, perhaps, look, you know what? If you love your job and you're very content doing this for the next 20, 30 years, and you don't want the spare time and the hassle of property, then the right answer would be stocks. If you're looking at your job and it's a bit near and you know, like I'm a bit disgruntled, I want to make something of myself, I want to be free, then there is no argument. You'd go down the property if it was only those two. If you really felt disgruntled, I'd mm. put the third one in there, which to be honest, what caps both of those is business in general. Business. Yeah. So having a lump sum of like 10 to 20K that you dedicate to training and, and a coach. So if you wanted to do something like Let's just say you want to become a YouTuber. Yeah. You love gardening. I just want to do that. I would pay money to spend time with someone that's doing exactly why I want to do my dream. And I'd pay mm. for coaching, for courses, for reading, everything. And the setup cost to get up and running with that. So mm. maybe a proportion of that, maybe 20% towards that area. And I would keep money aside to kind of go into the business angle. If you're really lost and you don't know what to do, property is just you know what you're going to get with it. Like you say, it's as safe as houses. It's it's very reliable. It's the best returning, reliable, safe um, investment there is. So it, it it's always one of those answers, Shiv. It's a great question. It's like, it kind of does depend. It depends on a few things. But uh, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, it's interesting because a lot of our clients, so our clients will be in a position where they'll either have a job or they'll have a business, one or the other. But when they have a business, they will be in a business where they work in the business and you know, their time is taken up by the business. So these, these right. are two positions. And it's from that point that their question is coming. They've got the business. They've, they've set up their families. They've got their house. They've got their car. Everything's good. And they've finally managed to save up some money. And they've finally got the headspace to go, I should do something about this. I should put that money in good use because it's sitting in the bank. It's been sitting in the bank for the last two years, Hugh. It's been sitting in the bank for the last two years. And guess what? It's worth 3p more than it was three years ago because interest <laughs> is so bad. And so now we're saying, well, we should put it in something. I know I should do it. I've heard it all over the news. My uh, friends and family have all been telling me that I should be investing in something. I should invest my money. 
But God me, it's like so hard to figure out what we need to invest in, how we need to invest in. You know, we all know, we all know, inverted commas, stock market's very risky. We don't want to be going into the stock market. We all know, my God, have you seen what's happened with the crypto market? Fallen off a cliff, gone up like crazy, gone up, down off a cliff again. And then we know about property as well, which is property is good. It's long term. It's stable. It's secure. It's all those good things. But flipping out, it's a lot of money, isn't it? You know, if you make one little mistake and you've invested all that 50, 60 grand, you, you may, there's this fear I think people have of losing all their money. And um, I think that that's the thing, that's the fear that stops them from kind of getting involved with uh, with property. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I wouldn't say it's impossible because you could over leverage yourself, but I would say it's very unlikely you're going to lose all of your money. You know, you yeah. may lose all of your gains and some, but it's unlikely that you'll lose all of your money. And the same holds true for stocks. In likelihood looking at the worst crashes, you're looking at like 60% is going to like that is a, an atrocious year. It's more more likely 30 to 50 would be a bad crash. We're talking 2008 style crash now. So half of your money, but you, you wouldn't ever invest in stocks and shares unless you're prepared to leave that money in there for 10 years from where I am today. If you need that money in the next two years, you need to be pulling that out of stocks and putting it somewhere else like bonds or somewhere a little bit more stable uh, if you need it within two years. And my general rule of thumb is if you've got that 50K and like, I'm going to need that for my daughter in two years going for yeah. uni, then you do not put it in stocks and shares. It's as simple as that. And actually, if you had a very short time period, property, you you know, again, it, it can work against you if you're forced to do it within a two year yeah. time period. But I would prefer to hedge my bet on property because I negotiate the entry price with the vendor. I can choose or not to, to add value to the property. I can then sell at a price that I want to sell it at or stock market. You can't do any of that. You can buy it. It's you can the market many, price. You yeah. know, foods as you want for Marks and Spencer's if you invest in them or as diesel from BP. But you ain't shifting the, the, the stock price. <laughs> and you're going to have to wait for it to go up or down. So yeah. uh, if time is restricted, I would move away from the stock market. And okay, so here's another point then. Lots of people, the reason why they are scared of investing is because they're worried about a recession. We hear about the word recession on the news and it already sends like creeps coming up and down our, our, our uh, spines and up our chills up our arms. What is a recession? Like, why is it so bad? Why, is everyone have this, why does it have this bad rap, basically? And why is everyone so scared of it? Uh, look, it's the equivalent of like being fearful going to the gym and worrying about getting stiff. OK, you're going to get stiff and tired. Like, I don't want to get stiff and tired. You, you are going to. And it's just part of the process because then super compensation happens off the back of it and you get stronger and you get mm -hmm. faster. So with the stock market, it's not a case of I'm worried about a recession. You will get a recession. If you're investing, you should be investing for a long enough time period. And I use 10 years. You will yes. find a, a, a um, recession within that period more than likely. At least you'll have a significant drop in the market of like 10 to 30 percent without a doubt. Yeah. Um, so it's something to be expected. And the way to conquer that is to do dollar cost averaging. So to just put enough money in over time where it weathers out the storm. So if it drops 30% over three months, you're increasingly buying more and more stocks each month at a lower price. If you're prepared to invest for the long term, that will, it's like a cheat code because I'm just going to wait until I finish. It's like me and you, we're going to go for a race. And where's the end? There is no end. I'll just keep running until Shiv stops. Like it's right, that type right. of if you keep investing and you don't have that time horizon because you've got businesses and, and property, I'll just wait until it comes back. And yeah. if it takes kind of like 18 months to come back, it can take slightly longer for that time period to come back up. So it drops over 18 months. It will take more than 18 months to come back. But it, 
uh, so far, historically has always come back so and, and this is that are, this is that sorry. saying i think um no, it's okay it's that saying i think um warren buffett said it says um everybody wants to become rich but nobody wants to want to become rich slowly they want to become rich quickly and that's why it doesn't happen for them yeah yeah it's another saying is like you know the idea is that you buy low and sell high but what most people do is buy high and then sell low <laughs> no, no one wants to buy low and because the reason that you you buy low is there's something happening in the world you know there, yeah. there's a lot of uncertainty there's jobs uh that are, are being lost um there's the cost of living crisis recessions and that's the time to invest in the stock market whenever there's like fear danger worry but that's where you get your deals um so yeah no and is that the same for the property market like let's say for example right now we're in this fear danger worry place a lot of people are sort of sitting on their hands with property what's is that the same without a doubt like you you know warren buffett's also his famous quote is uh, be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy so you really need to take heed of that that when when your nan is talking to you about bitcoin get the hell out like you know you everyone's talking about it like you should be worried because you're into a bubble or nfts and everyone's banging on about it you need to avoid that and you need to really keep your ear to the ground when people are like warning you about going into something that's normally where the most opportunity is so i think that counts for kind of crypto stocks property and almost any investment yeah okay cool and then just moving on to um allocating your assets so let's say now i've not just got 50 grand i've got i don't know 200 grand and i've got to put this money somewhere i have no investments whatsoever how what is the mechanism for me to figure out where I put it, how I put it, what I do with it. Because a lot of people just say, well, look, I don't trust the stock market because it's too volatile. And so I'm just going to put it all into property. Or they'll say, well, obviously, you know, cryptocurrency is just um, a, a big con. So we're not going to do that. How, is there, have you got any way of trying to figure out how to allocate your assets, how to get your money across different asset classes? The magic formula. The magic formula, please. Yeah, we've got yeah. Let me know, okay, please. well, you need to sign up to my link to uh, get access to the medical. Now, there, of course, th- this is an expansion upon my point on the 50 grand. It just gives you more means and opportunity. So with stocks, um, there's something known as the 4% safe withdrawal rate. So a lot of uh, your uh, listeners will have pensions and that money will be invested in stock market across uh, broad spectrums into bonds as well and maybe other, other uh, avenues uh, on top of that. Now, when it comes to withdrawing that pension, there was a uh, Trinity study uh, done back, I think it was in the late 90s, uh, and they suggested that if you withdraw your pension pot at a 4% rate per year, then technically, in most cases, you could go your whole life in retirement living off that. Mm -hmm. So we talked before that the stock market will return around 9%, take away a couple of percent for inflation. So let's say 7% is a fairly conservative average uh, to say you can expect from the stock market over time. So if you had 200K, it would go up 214,000 pounds in the stock market. You would yeah. take out 4%, which is 8,000. And then you'd have more than the 200 grand than you had left over. Notice my maths, a uh, little avoiding that. Yeah. Um, so you'd have a little bit more. Then you'd have 7% on top of that the following year and 7% on top of that. Now, the stock market doesn't work like that. It might drop 20% one year, go up 50% the next year, then 12% one year but it would average out around that percentage point. So let's just go back on point now. With 200 grand at 4% safe withdrawal rate that you would take it out at, you could take more, you could take less. That's going to give you eight grand a year. Would you be able to live on eight grand a year? How how happy would you be with eight grand a year? I would say 
most people, it won't be enough. So I would be inclined if you're starting from zero to again, look at that money with property uh, for the vast majority of it. And I would have an allocation for business and going down a business avenue where I think it, here's something I'm just thinking out loud here, Shiv, as well, because I'm thinking for some of your listeners, when mm. it comes to property, it's very intimidating. If it's anything like me, it's very intimidating to go into. It took me about two, two and a half years to pull the trigger on it. Now, what you can do is utilize that money and give that to someone like me or yourself or someone that is already in that. Yeah. And you can bypass a lot of the learning opportunity. So yeah. you can pay for a property purchase price and the development and keep costs really low as a result, vastly improving the returns that you get. You can get someone like Shiv as an example to help you through that process. And then once you refinance it, you can pull your money back out and you split the profits 50-50. So there mm -hmm. is a way to make property more passive if people are concerned Want about it. it. But I think my answer wouldn't fluctuate hugely from the 50 grand market because I don't think 200 grand in stocks and shares will be enough for people to retire on at, mm -hmm. as it is. Um, and I'd always keep an eye on what business opportunities you're interested in and to have money allocated for that um, because there's no greater return than business. It, it does It does trump property, it's the only thing. Uh, yeah, I, I think that I, I agree with you about the business point. I think that the thing for a lot of people that will be listening to this is they're thinking, gosh, I don't have a great idea and I have no idea how to do anything. And, you know, I've got a job and I've got probability. I don't have the money to go, let me go and start this business. It might take me 50 grand, 100 grand, 200 grand, 20 grand. I don't know, whatever it is. I'm uh, effectively, I've got a good job. I get paid a good salary. I support my family. I'm, I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place and I've got no desire to sacrifice that place what I do want to do is I want to take the excess that I've managed to save up over the last few years and that's been sitting in the account and I want to put it into something that I know for the long term is going to work for me and it's going to mean that you know when I get into my 60s or my 70s or my 80s and I don't want to do this anymore I have the thing that's backing me up but I think the important thing going back to what you were saying earlier 10-year time horizon absolutely but most of our clients have a 20-year time horizon a 30 year when are exactly. you going to sell this property we're never going to sell the property because it's just going to give us the income forever and then we're going to pass it to our kids and then they're going to pass it to their kids and you know maybe at some point they might sell it but there's no intention to sell it yeah the, the, when i'm when i'm using that 10-year horizon that's the minimum base that's what yeah. i'd like people to be looking at as a minimum horizon and everything else is cheddar on top you know so yeah, yeah if they're looking for like 20 30 years that and even more so generational then that's even better um but yeah i, I don't think my opinion would 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 differ hugely if you if you want to maximize returns going to property yourself if you're concerned about your time because of the business that you're involved with have a look at funding someone that's involved with property because there's always opportunities there you mm. can be the financer they can be the operator and together you split the business so you can kind of get a touch of property without the time commitment as well so it's a nice win yeah absolutely and then there's also the third option which not not trying to uh, promote our service but ultimately it's a well, I still want to own the property. I don't want somebody else to own it. I don't want to own it with somebody else. You know, what if that doesn't work out? Well, I still can do it all myself. I can just get somebody else to go and do all the running around for me. So then I end up with the property. Yes, my return is going to be a little bit lower because I'm going to have to pay somebody else to do it. But at least it gets done for me whilst I'm at work earning my money. And I think a lot of our, our clients have realized like their value is in going to work and earning money. They're good earners, you know, comparatively compared to the rest of the world. You're good earners. If you're a good earner, do the thing that you're good at, which is earn the money. And then give the money to whoever it might be to, you know, you, know, you don't go and fix your own toilets. You get a plumber because he's good at fixing toilets. You don't go and, you know, maybe um, if you don't have the time, whatever, go and spend your time um, buying property, for example. Give it to somebody who knows how to do that. He's an expert in that field. 
uh, etc. So that could be um, another way of doing it. Um, yeah, I, I was trying to put you out of business there, Shiv, but you're absolutely <laughs> right. Like it isn't a, a binary, you do property or you get someone to do it all. You've got a lovely little stepping stone there, which you take away a lot of the risk and the fear associated with property. And um, you can also, I'm, I'm guessing that will save you time and money as well uh, course, from the yeah. customer basis. So it's a nice kind of like interim if they aren't too sure which one they want to go down. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think the other interesting thing that I like about property that I just want to touch on is that, you know, I can buy the property today, let's just say, and this is obviously just round numbers, but I'll buy it for 150 grand today. And I receive my rental income, whatever that might be, two, three, five grand a year, which is not a great deal. It's not going to change my life. And of course, even if I have four of them, you know, it'll be 20 grand a year. It's still not going to change my life because, you know, a job that I'm working in, I earn a lot more than 20 grand uh, and whatever. But I think the great thing about property is that we know, if, if I now have five properties that are worth 150 grand over a space of 10 years or 15 years or 20 years, now I've got five properties that are worth 300 grand each, mm. but my mortgage is still what it was. So now instead of having five times 150, I've got five times 300 or the equivalent of, uh, what's that, 150, 300, 600, 750,000 pounds worth of growth over that 10 or 15 or 20 year period which is just basically free money. It's money. It's, it's my money because it's my properties. It's stuck inside my house. And of course, one of the ways that I can release it is by refinancing my house and take that money out. And then I can use it to do all the things, all the good things that I want to want to do with it. So I think the reason why I, um, and, and again, all the asset classes are worth investing in, but the reason I like properties, because if I get involved, you know, sooner rather than later, not only am I receiving the income, but it's also growing in value. At some point in the future, I can refinance it, take the money out, and go and do whatever I want to do with that. And it's, it's a way to fast track getting the money effectively. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I saw that and understood that back, I think in 2018, 19, when I was first looking into property, it blew my mind. And um, I went out for lunch with a guy because I told him what I was doing with stocks and shares and my business. And he was like, do you want to go for a coffee and we'll share? Because I'm doing property. I'm interested yeah. in business and, and stocks. You want, you want to share numbers? Are you open to that? I was like, yeah, I love it. Let's go. I love sharing this stuff. Let's get into it. And he opened his books and showed me this property deal where he put so much money. I think it was like 19K in. No, sorry. It was, it was I remember these numbers. It was like 22K in and he pulled 19 out and it was earning multiple hundred pounds a month. And he'd only left three grand in the deal. I was like, wait, wait a minute, wait. You've only got three thousand left in there because you pulled all the rest of the money out, but you're, but you're earning hundreds and hundreds of pounds a month profit. And I, yeah, I was like calculator, like furiously. Yeah, yeah. What's like, my ROI? Well, ROI is like in the hundred. I was like, that's ridiculous. He said, yeah, that's that's property. And I, I was like, don't look at, I don't chuck my stocks and shares working. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I am now doing property. I was like, I can't unsee what I've just seen. I'm now forever dedicated to getting into property, and that, that changed my life. And, and no doubt he had the same reaction when you were like, yeah, so I just put it in, don't touch it ever again. And you're like, what? He was like, oh my God, I can't believe it's that easy. You just, you know, put your money in the stock market, never touch it again. Look at it in 30 years time. It'll be more than when you put it in. He was not as excited as I was, I can <laughs> tell you that, because I was like, I, I just couldn't believe, I actually thought he was lying or doing something illegal. And he was like, no, this is legitimate. This is how you get wealthy. And yeah, it just changed my view on it forever. Fantastic. I want to just take this in the last uh, segment of our, uh, our little podcast here into a different direction, because one of the things that really attracted me to you, Hugh, was um, you our probably our mutual um, respect for an understanding of the universe and love and um, and just going with that flow, going with the flow of the universe, trusting it to take you where it's supposed to go. 
I, I know you don't expect this at all and you haven't expected this, but do you want to talk about that at all? <laughs> I wasn't expecting this at all, Shiv. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm someone that kind of sits in between the kind of A-type business competitive driven mindset to yeah. someone that's very balanced and peaceful and into meditation uh mindfulness um i'm not i'm not religious but i would say i'm more spiritual than religious i'm someone that yeah. kind of um i believe in energy uh and, and things like that so um i i think like many things in life you've got the yin and yang sign it's just about balance it's about not being too extreme with everything that you do some people probably need to listen to more kind of uh, chill out music or audio books and how to live with less and be grateful for what you have and some people need a real kick up the ass Gary V style there isn't one isn't the answer it's really just trying to acknowledge and have the self-awareness in yourself but where you're currently sat and what might be best for you um, and you know this isn't so, like I don't have this down um, I can get trapped on either side and it's probably more towards the driven side but whenever yeah. I realign myself and take that time and I'm fully going through my meditation practice and living more mindfully and calmly I love who I am and um I, I uh, also I was speaking to my other half about this recently and she was saying about like isolation and kind of wishing to you know sometimes I've just kind of had enough of people I was like from my end I, I I'm like the opposite like I, yeah. I I adore people and I like to have my own space but I just get like, I get so much for being in the presence of other people. I find them fascinating. I love yeah. learning how people tick and connecting with people. And there's just a feeling that I get with other human beings that I don't really get with anything else. Um, so I don't know if any of this is resonating with any of you. Um, if you want to take this in any direction you want to, Shiv. But um, yeah, actually, funny enough, when I started hearing you talk about your your thoughts on spirituality and energies in the universe and everything i just thought this he's an interesting guy. i really want to speak to shiv uh so that's interesting that you kind of picked up on uh on that in myself as well i i i definitely saw it in you and that was one of the things that you know and it's like when you see something and it draws you towards that person now you're like i want to speak to that person now you know i wasn't friends with you until that point and then i was like all right i need to be friends with this guy but <laughs> yeah. um, it, it is a really interesting thing because even when you bring it down to kind of like investment and property and stuff people say all the time you know money is just energy and um, if you're at the point where you're like struggling to make money to make you, your ends meet, it's very difficult for you to see that because you're just seeing it very transactionally. Like, I need this money to pay these bills so that I can, you know, live ultimately. So I can just have a, a good, quiet life. Once you have opened up yourself to the idea of financial security, financial independence, financial freedom, and start to have a couple of investments, this is my personal experience, is um, I've found that I've just been more relaxed about things happening um, because I'm not stressed about them happening anymore. And, and it's the silliest things, you know, I used to get really stressed when I like, I don't know, left my water bottle on the train or something like that. Now it's like, I've left my water bottle on the train. I can't do anything about it. I'll just yeah. buy another one. It's 20 quid. It's not going to change my life. I'll buy another one. Whereas um, previously I used to just beat myself up over it. And I think partly it's because I think I have this realization that, the universe is just working in my favor. It's working to push me to where I need to, where I where I don't even know that I need to be, where I want to be. It's moving me in the right direction, but I just need to trust it. And I think you're very much, you're very similar to that. 
Yeah, I, I like to speak my like I like to talk myself into success. And I remember when I went for one of my my first one, well, my second sales role. I don't know what came over me. This was like out of character for me. But I sat there and I, and they said, how, "How do you think you'll you'll do in sales?" And um, something to that effect. And I said, unequivocally, I was so certain of it as well. Yeah. I said, "Amazing! I will be the best salesperson in this office, and <laughs> I won't do it by." Um, any underhand techniques or cheating or anything like that i'll do it because i'll outwork everyone i'll understand yeah. who the best person is what they do i will model it but i will make it my own and i'll improve upon that and i'll work harder i'll either be better than them or i'll work harder it'll be one of the two things and i will be the best person you've ever had and i was like Shit, that was bold hugh what was that and they loved it they ate it up and within a couple of years, I became the salesperson of the year. They gave me an award in front of the office and they kind of told that story. And it's something I've held on to because I'll try and speak myself into success wherever I can and talk a big game and say what I'm trying to achieve because um, it just increases the chances of it happening. And again, I, like I do it because it's fun as well. Like I yeah. find it exciting to kind of go after that. I don't need it. It doesn't define me, but it's kind of... It's fun to put yourself out there. And I think I held myself back up until that point by by not doing that and maybe actually doing the opposite. And I don't know if I'm good enough and saying those words and oh, I don't know if this is for me. Like I just truly believe that as long as it doesn't defy the laws of physics, I'm capable of absolutely anything. That's It's just solely on me. Um, yeah. I might be deluded. I might be an idiot for saying that, but look, I choose to believe it and it and it serves me. And uh, I, I like the fact that I do that. And I wish people would back themselves a little more and do so by verbally putting themselves out there and allowing themselves like through words to kind of you know and anyone can become financially independent can become a millionaire can change the world in somehow however they want um but just you know put it out there and make it happen yeah but here you are such an inspirational character and i'm really looking forward to our energies like twining a bit more over, over the next year over the next couple of years uh, because i think the stuff that you're doing is so uh, valuable it's so useful and uh, you know personal plug uh, he's not paying me for this, but I watch his stuff and I go, wow, I've learned something that I didn't know that. And so if you are um, interested in just sorting out your finances, getting the first few rungs on the ladder sorted, you know, how do I even go about it? What's the first steps? Then honestly, he's the person that you want to be following. Hugh, how can they get in touch with you? How can they follow you? What's the way to, you know, find you? Well, I've got a website which we're going to be launching soon. It's Hughes View. That's spelled H-U-W-S-V-I-E-W. So HughesView.com. And it's Hughes View on all of the socials. Uh, and you can go onto YouTube. You can either type Hughes View or Hugh Davis, my name, and it will pop up. But Davis, D-A-V-I-E-S, isn't it? D-A-V-I-E-S. Yeah, that's it. And Shiv, I just want to extend that right back at you, mate, because... Coming into the circle, you, you've been, I came in, I've only been here a couple of years in the in the uh, group that we're associated with. And um, Shiv is always someone that has done exceptionally well by the looks of it over the years. And I've been looking up to you and I've been inspired by you. So equally, I'm really looking forward to getting to know you over the next couple of years. And I think these people listening to this podcast, yourself and the guests that you have, are really on the right path anyway, mate. They're in, they're in good hands. So uh, thank you for the opportunity. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And we'll have to do it again sometime. Brilliant. Thanks, mate. Speak to you soon. Take care. See ya. If you enjoyed that episode, check out our website at www.lifestylepropertypeople.co.uk and make sure you like, follow and subscribe for more. Remember, the best time to buy was 20 years ago and the next best time to buy is now. <laughs>